0: hello and welcome to the very first episode of the nerd impact podcast i'm Nathaniel. and i'm here with aiden and i think we're today we're discussing uh the batman animated series could you uh, fill us in a bit more aiden
1: yeah cool so first of a podcast welcome hopeful viewers listeners um before we dive in thought it'd be good to talk about what the podcast is about and um, so kind of in the name is impact it is looking at potential shows movies comics books and um, right down to toys and music of uh, that have impacted us and both the wider world throughout the years and um, we're both 90s kids so i'd probably expect a few things to do with that but yeah welcome everyone um so today we are looking at Batman the Animated Series, episode 35 from season 1, titled Almost Got Him. Um, This originally aired in November 1992. Um, Interestingly enough, when I was watching it on Blu-ray today, um, it's in production order, not episode release order. So actually on the Blu-ray it's 46, so it was produced later and released earlier, which is a bit confusing for me. Um... So I'll quickly go through the cast and kind of name some of the stuff you might know them from apart from this. Um Kevin Conroy is is essentially Batman. Um if you go on his IMDB, he's like in a- anything Batman related. Um this included, he's in uh, some of the Justice League films, he's in um the Batman Arkham games, so yeah. Then you've also got Kevin Conroy in the brand new um 2021. Masters of the Universe series on Netflix, uh, he plays mo and then the other quite interesting one was he was in the 2004 Static Shock, though, and he played Batman again. Um, we have one and only Mark Hamill as the Joker, um, most people know him obviously as Luke Skywalker from the various Star Wars movies, um, I also personally know him from another favourite 90s show of mine which is the Spider-Man animated series where he plays Hobgoblin um, very Joker-esque, but different in the same way, which is great. He also interestingly plays uh, in the Master of the Universe series of 2021. And he plays Skeletor, which is pretty awesome. I think I prefer Mark Hamill as a, as a villain. I'm not going to lie, I prefer him much more as a villain than a hero. Um, and then some other quick ones is he was the new version of Chucky in the 2019 Child's Play, um, personally wasn't a fan, but you, I can't bash Mark Hamill for that. And then he was also in another DC property, he was in the 90s and the most recent incarnation of the Flash series, where he played the tricks through them both, which I think is pretty cool. Um, we've then got Arlene Sorkin as the famous first iteration of Harley Quinn. Again, not really much on her, what she's done. I think the most notable thing I noticed that I recognised her in was she was in the season finale of Frasier. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I love Fraser. Really? Just a bit. I'm not gonna lie. I'd love to see um, Kelsey Grammer in more superheroes. I love him as Beast. I think he'd be great in animated, especially. He's got a very he was beast, yeah. beautiful voice. Yeah, Um Richard Mille or Mole is Two Face. Um, he again also is a quite a big um, presence in the Spider-Man animated series. He plays Matt Gargan, aka Scorpion which was awesome, and he also played the Domination in the 90s Hawk TV show. And then got Paul Williams as the Penguin. And couldn't really find much on him either, but he was in the Captain Planet show uh, cartoon when he was younger and he played Q Joe. And then he was Elf in the uh, Muppets Christmas TV special. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was that. Um, and I'll fly through the last few. So uh, Aaron Kincaid was Killer Croc. He was uh, various voices in the Flintstones kids show, and he was then um, Skylink's in the 86 Transformers cartoon. Uh, Diane Fishing, who played Poison Ivy, returns as Poison Ivy in a spin-off Gotham Girls, and then it was um, Dale Arden in the Flash Gordon TV show. And then finally, but not last but not least, is Adrienne Barbow, who plays Catwoman, and um, she is in a multiple amount of games, recent games. She was in Halo 4, uh, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, and God of War 3. And she was also quite well known in Escape from New York as Maggie. And um, the writer was Paul Dini. The director was Eric Radomski. And yeah, so kind of let's jump into it if you'd like to take over.
0: Well, that was quite the, uh, quite the crop of voice acting talent for this uh, this episode. Um, I do, one of the things oh, I, did, yeah, did, I did also notice um is the th- the original theme song which we played at the opening of this episode uh, was actually um well it was composed by Danny Elfman of uh, Oingo Boingo yeah. fame uh, the fantastic uh, vocalist of Oingo Boingo and he is a, a very well accomplished uh, composer as well for many film scores but uh, it is interesting to see that this was one of his works as well um, so I think we're just sort of
1: open yeah it was um the Nineties animated series took mm-hmm. massive influence from the Burton films, and obviously I think the Phantom was the most prominent, and probably mm-hmm. the Batmobile, which I have have a note on. I'll quickly just say I fucking love the Batmobile. <laughs> it's
0: a it's a very very cool iteration of it. I think very very sleek and and um, definitely one of the more, uh, more iconic versions of it. Um,
1: But yeah, other than the two thousand and five Tumblr, not so much.
0: <laughs> I think it's very, very hard to compete with the Tumblr, really. I think, you know, when you have a tank compared to, you know, a sports car, it's not really the same deal, is it? Um, but I, I mm-hmm. guess...
1: Yeah, it's very, very pleasant, like, sports car. <laughs>
0: I guess we should just sort of provide a bit of um, a breakdown of the episode, really, I think. Just sort of, you know, what yeah. what, it, what occurs and what it's all about.
1: Yeah, so this is... Probably one of the most well-known episodes of um, Batman the animated series and um, it's definitely one that stuck out for me which is why i decided to choose as our first episode mm-hmm. so the um synopsis have almost got him. it's essentially um five five i think it's five five of batman's rogues um all are playing poker and talking about the time that they almost beat him and mm-hmm. um, it's very well written and um, it's divided quite nicely into segments and it's paced really well um I won't go into too much detail, but essentially you have Poison Ivy, um, Two Face, Joker, and the Penguin, and Killer Croc, all talking about their stories, um, which we can dive into a little bit more separately afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, should we save the twist for now, or do you want to talk about it afterwards?
0: I feel like we should save it. We should we should go go through okay. it all and then okay. and, and and really really draw it out, get the most from it
1: okay so um what were your thoughts first of all how did you think about it because have you watched this episode before uh this is the
0: first time watching it so i've seen the animated series before but this is the first time seeing this episode um i really really enjoyed it uh i thought it was a a very very fantastic episode of 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 what i i would deem personally sort of classic batman and much more sort of um you know like the way the villains are presented there's no sort of like element of deconstruction or sort of realism they are sort of larger than life characters and so is Batman in this and I think um, also one of, one, of, one of the things I did want to, to mention as well is that there's a lot of sort of subtle characterization that you notice within the sort of opening as if you you know the opening sort of shots are all framed around this poker game and uh, if, if you notice yeah. <laughs> uh, the Joker you, as it shows his cards uh, you see him very subtly slipping <laughs> a spare ace from out of yeah. his sleeve. And I this, did my notes, about that. you did me. It's about that. Well, yeah. that was one of the first things I picked up on was just like you know, that 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 was completely you know effectively unnecessary because you know you know it's the Joker, but just to sort of see that sort of subtle uh, flair of his conveyed across and what is a pretty basic shot of him just holding cards, you know, it, it's it's quite impressively like the detail in which they're sort of communicating the character of these, uh, you know, larger than life. Yeah, I understand.
1: And then you had the two face. He always had two twos. That was always always prominent in his hand. It didn't matter what he had. He would have two twos, which was always quite funny. Um, to be fair, you talking about that. I know the first two minutes is essentially just dialogue and cards. Mm. Um, and then I'd say the most of the episode was just the villains trying to basically have a dick measuring competition. It was who was better, <laughs> and they were yeah. all basically just trying to one up each other. And I absolutely love that because I think that's how. Batman villains would absolutely go about it they're not yeah. about teamwork as such they are occasionally but it's always about who who's the best
0: no and I think I think the car game is really really effective for communicating that because there's a sort of like very very thin veneer of hostility sort of like per- permeating it all as we have these villains you know as you said we're all trying to one-up each other and you know even in the background we see a fight break out and it's it's, it's you can feel the sort of mounting yeah, tension. Yeah, I saw It's uh, re- really quite executed brilliantly, and 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 most particularly as well, as you mentioned, the sort of framing of the shots. You know, as we we get a lot of close up of cards and stuff, and and a lot of it is very very dialogue heavy. But the dialogue itself is is really quite fantastic, particularly the Joker.
1: Yeah, I mean, it obviously it's the cast that made the show so you know, memorable and, you know, I I I think I wrote it down quite a few times, but Mark Hamill's Joker is by far the most encapsulating in this episode. Um mm-hmm. essentially all he does in this episode is royal villains. There's there's barely any moment where he's not just trying to take a jab at someone. I think my favourite line in it was um when Penguin was using a load of like charismatic, quite intelligent words, mm-hmm. Joker literally was just like, um the words, you're losing croc and then killer croc's like oh and I, I, I was like yep yeah, that is the joker through and through yep yep very much so That was also a very terrible Joker impression so i'm sorry
0: <laughs> well i mean we all got to have our moments in the sun with a joker impression it's pretty universal
1: True that is um so yeah if we look at um do you want to go through the segments or do you just kind of want to say which ones you like the most which one you like the worst
0: I think uh, maybe just providing a brief overview, is, is sort of, to give us an impression of how how each villain sort of fares against uh, uh, Batman yeah. himself.
1: You know. So it starts with Poison Ivy, and hers is actually quite brief. Um, I, I rated it as one of my least favourites. I, I said, uh, with, like okay. I wrote down which ones I preferred, which ones didn't. Um, Pumpkin bombs, she had gas in them. Uh, Batman was knocked out by them, but then used his awesome Batmobile to travel <laughs> through the pumpkins, took most of them out, and managed to deliver a gas mask. And that's literally it. So that's the closest she gets him, you know, good effort. Um, the pumpkin bombs thing was quite funny. Cause again, obviously I knew Mark Hamill was hoggarden when he makes a dig. He's like, pumpkin bombs. I'm like, you will be using them in two years time, but. Oh, right. It's a bit of a sort of a, almost an awareness almost there. A... Yeah yeah except this yeah. was before even before ah, that. Right. so okay. it was almost yeah. like it was yeah. premonition almost he was like pre <laughs> pre himself which I thought was quite funny um do you want to touch on two faces
0: uh yeah so two face i i do want to say that uh one of the interesting things about the poison ivy thing i, I uh well her her sort of attempt at, at subduing batman um is, is is immediately after he gets first you know he first sort of it gets affected by the gas, she tries to unmask him, and then he sort of you know forces her off. But then when he's on the floor, completely pretty much gone, he straight up punches her in the face. Well, he, he also commits a bit of a bit of assault, but he, he she doesn't try again, she doesn't try to de- demask him again. He he she, he was basically in a, yeah. in a worse state, but she gives up on that sort of you know neglect and just walks away which i thought was very very weird but um i suppose they have to give batman some sort of chance i think it's because she got punched in the face
1: well yeah i think I think, he did, I think like he literally <laughs> his reactions were unfound like he literally just went from master punch i know it it's like that's like an automatic response for him mask was punched yeah so I'd i mean, learned my lesson if i'm honest
0: that is fair that is fair i think she'd, she'd she'd uh given it the one shot that she was willing to do but um he does also continue that trend of, of violence against women uh later on with <laughs> with harley quinn but um uh yeah for hey, she... batman's
1: equal he will beat you if you're a woman or a man there's no there's no gender inequality here
0: well you know equal opportunity batman really but um <laughs> i suppose for the two-faced one so basically uh he's he effectively was committing a robbery with uh, the Two-Ton gang and Batman shows up, at which point he is swiftly subdued and brought along. Uh, so he basically enters the scene captured already. So Two-Face then decides to uh, very, very uh, flamboyantly, uh, sort of James Bond villain-esque, uh, attach Batman to this giant, g- giant coin. So he's spread-eagled on this giant coin and he sets up this sort of, yo, um, what is it, a seesaw contraption with this, yeah. uh, he, has, he stacks up this gold bullion on top of this forklift and so he has Batman on one end uh, of the seesaw with the gold bullion raises on the other. So he effectively um, lowers the gold bullion, flings Batman in skyward, but at this point he'd, uh, he'd been tossing this, you know, his very iconic sort of like half-ruined coin. And uh, Batman had got a hold of it, so Batman soaring through the sky, sort of desperately, you know, scraping at these ropes to try and free himself, and of course he does, and very gracefully lands and punches uh, Two Face straight in the face with the uh, the coin, then landing upon the Two Tongue Gang, and so that's the end of his scheme, very very swiftly.
1: I have some notes on on this this segment because one, you just said the coin lands on the henchman, so if that was going to kill Batman, how the hell did they survive? That is I'm true. pretty sure in the next scene, unless it was two of the henchmen, they're back up and, like, getting cuffed or whatever. Like, they should be dead, but kind okay, of censorship. Um, <laughs> uh, I love Harvey Dent always has fair chance. It was 50-50, it always is. And, and even though the gigantic coin clearly would have weighed over to batman's side because of the actual way it was still like the whole ideals affair i love that and mm-hmm. um, the other thing that got me and I, and I was a bit like oh my god um was i think batman says or, or no two-face says that he was um dealing two million dollars in two dollar bills but then when he hits the money bags it's all coins so i was sure. like oh okay yeah. Just thought that was really interesting. I was like two dollar bills, but they're coins. Unless you can get two dollar coins in America, but I, he said bills, so I went with that.
0: They're they're all they're all bills nowadays, at least. I mean, I don't I have no idea back it back in when it came out if it was. Uh, yeah, if they actually. Had it was it was a
1: nitpicker search. It just made me laugh yeah. because I was expecting bills, and then I saw him hit the money bags, and all the coins rolled on him. and I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, right so um. I will say that I preferred, so I picked two for best, two for worst. I preferred Two Faces. That was in one of my preferred I would, I would definitely, definitely. Um, It's also based on a comic. I don't know which uh, issue it was, but I know the um, gigantic coin arc was actually pulled from the comics. It was slightly different, um, and it was Batman and Robin in the comics, so obviously that changed as well. But yes, that was um, a little nod to previous Batman lore. Mm-hmm. um so the penguin one, I also put in my least favorite. It yeah. could have been good, but it was a bit bad. And I will say now to uh, viewers, I am terrified of pigeons and birds. And <laughs> um, so I was like, if that was me, penguin would have won, no problem, because yep. <laughs> he was using basically jumping into it. Batman follows into a, a bird sanctuary and um, has the uh batman laced in like a sense that poisonous birds start trying to jab him Uh, after a certain amount of jabs he would have passed out or potentially been paralyzed he uses uh, a batarang to get the sprinklers to send them off and then some big ass ostrich comes over and starts basically like he damages batman's arm uh, starts pecking him and Batman then has to grab one of these um, birds, which um, I must say looked so funny when he grabbed it because it literally <laughs> looks like he is jabbing a knife into this ostrich. Like the bird yeah. is dead still, just goes straight into him um, and runs off. And then Penguin flies off and escapes, so there is no repercussions for that one, which was quite interesting. And um, I did like that actually, but yeah, um, it's a little bit uh, anticlimactic, but like I said, in the almost midst of that, you have the Joker call out like, Penguin for being um, too intelligent for everyone, and been like you, you gotta you gotta dumb it down, which I also thought was quite funny because that could have been a sh- nod to the audience. Like kids aren't gonna understand these words, like birdcage, not auditorium or auditorium whatever it is, birdcage. And I was like, okay, maybe that's also a nod to the kids. I don't know. Um, yeah. So do you want to take the Joker segment?
0: Yeah, so the Joker segment's um, really quite interesting because it, it switches. The, it goes all black and white as the uh, as it effectively, um, you know, Joker like pulls out from under the table this this uh, old-fashioned TV and he switches it on, and it switches from there to to like a sort of you know another shot and it's all black and white as if it's TV from the era, and um, so basically uh, Joker has sort of co-opted this uh, late-night show, which you know, gave you sort of very very uh immediately personally gave me very like you know sort of connections to the the most recent joker film you know having a late line mm. show and it being this whole sort of spectacle on
1: on you know i would just the- tell you i would watch a talk so show, show with mark animals joker like let the spin off on just him doing like a talk show i'd be down for that like i'd watch it
0: that would be fantastic actually him just interviewing all the different uh like you know the rogues gallery that's batman's got and then maybe even getting the man himself on like- That'd be, that'd be yeah, fantastic. including clearly something going wrong, or some sort of prank. We're very, so I, I did sort of get very like Eric Andre sort of vibes where it's sort of like everything was yes. going, everything was going terribly wrong, but like Joker was acting like it was all part of, part of it all, yeah. it was all part of the spectacle. Organised chaos
1: almost.
0: Yeah. So, so, basically what, what the Joker's plan is, is he has, um, Batman strung up in this, uh, electric chair, which is powered by laughter. And so he has Harley Quinn try it out. She gives a little chuckle, very, very little chuckle, and the whole thing starts, you know, vibing up and, and shocking uh, Batman. Um and then he basically starts releasing uh, his his trademarked uh laughing gas into the audience. So he has the whole audience sort of captive of this late night show and um they're all watching his you know Batman and they slowly start building the laughter they were laughing. There's a whole sort of like murmuring laughter in the background as sort of scene progresses we see batman getting more and more shocked as the machine you know builds up as more and more laughter is going on but uh thankfully due to the intervention of um a very uh quick-witted uh catwoman he's actually freed from the machine so i mean also uh, uh, i do want to mention that we do uh, have the joker sort of walk up to the um the very you know trust up batman and say you know how's robin and uh i think that's a, a a bit of a you know you get absolutely no response from batman just dead silence so i thought that was an oh do you think he was on about jason uh that's what i thought he was sort of uh sort of hinting at i don't him. think it is
1: but i think uh, yeah as someone who knows that you could take it as that yeah um, yeah, that's, that's yeah that was how quite that was quite clever i thought it was like a subtle nod to audiences
0: exactly yeah I, I thought that was what he was going for a bit of a you know a bit of a you know jab
1: at it. i also noticed i must say um Obviously, guns are a bit of a censorship issue, but they just look like them ketchup and mustard uh, like <laughs> bottles in America, where they're they, like are, like really long and yeah, That's what yeah. the guns look like. I was like, I, I can't, I can't suspend my disbelief for that one thing, but the rest of it, you know, lions and you know, crocodiles and stuff, that's fine. Oh, that reminds me. Actually, sorry to jump back, but Killer Croc actually has a segment. I just don't show it. He's just like, I threw a rock. <laughs> And I was just looking at it, it
0: was like it was a big rock. I I would have loved to have seen that. Just 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 the, this set up and just, you, all you see is Killer Croc with this huge rock and just throwing it, and then Batman just sort of. I just love sh- that love is so simple. Yeah, yeah, but I I think it it would it just it'd be fantastic just to see Batman sort of just slow, like, slightly like slyly sidestep this enormous boulder, and uh, that'd be that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Absolutely. Then there's just almost a bit of a so then we've got the epilogue, which uh, comes with a really well crafted twist which mm-hmm. as I'll take it I'll let you talk about it because it was your first viewing I'd like to know did you see that coming or did it completely blindsided you
0: I it, it, it honestly completely it blindsided me like um it, it, I think because the way Killer Croc was acting you're completely you know stupid like oh I I, I bet Batman's a robot. You know, there's no way it's one man sort of thing, and they have this whole sort yeah of, you know, that argument about you know the actual nature of Batman, and he's just so stupid throughout it all, and Joker's in so much control of it all that you do kind of just dismiss him, and so like it, it's mm. set up so well for for him to be sort of completely unnoticed by the audience, but when he does turn out to be Batman, the way they do it is is. Awesome. Like I really, really liked it because it wasn't sort of Scooby Doo like where he sort of you know, ripped off a mask. It's this really, really, cool yeah. really, really cool shot because um, this this Batman animated series you can sort of see in the top left. It's a very, very distinct silhouette, and that's sort of you know the pointed yes. ears, you know, sort of completely black, and a lot of in the show it, it doesn't show any characterization you know, sort of characterization aside from his silhouette and these white white eyes. And that's what you get is yeah. you see Killer Croc's profile from the side as you know all these all these gunmen sort of pull out their guns because his voice switches, and they're all aiming aiming at him and um the the, the sort of like light shifts and so you get the shadow going across him and as the shadow goes across his face you see his face switch from the very detailed very colourful Killer Croc face to that sort of complete black slate with the white eyes and it switches back again so it's, I thought it was a very very visually visually awesome way to communicate that twist um well to be clear the twist is is that killer croc is batman so just
1: to show it clear with it just in case people didn't realize that yeah just in case um yeah so then after the twist um joker before the batman reveal joker actually reveals that um he has now got catwoman Mm -hmm. um and that's essentially why batman was there to find out where catwoman's been held she was at a cat food processing factory and um, of course she was, uh, she's put on the, um, like production line as you know, the typical trope of damsel or guy in distress tied to something mechanical. Yep. Um, Harley Quinn basically causes bluff and is like, come near me and I'll turn it on, she turns it on, um, he stops Harley Quinn and I did write, there was a convenient lever right by him where he punched Harley Quinn just to be like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna turn this <laughs> off now. I was like, ah, okay, cool. Um, and then they have a little Bat-Cat moment, which I'm not gonna lie, I am a huge Batman Catwoman uh, shipper. Mm-hmm. No, um, Taliaragul, nah, Catwoman. I'm, I'm all about him and Catwoman. I love yeah. that dynamic, um, and I think they capture that quite well, especially how they did in uh, Batman Returns. I think that's where it all stemmed from for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that was um, that was a nice little moment. I think you know just to just to finish it off on.
0: So. I guess one of the key points would be is is you know we, we cho- we've chosen this as our first episode and so maybe you could elaborate yeah. on, on on what that sort of the impact of this episode or you know the Batman animated series has had for you on, on you know the way yeah you know, you know.
1: of course so um, I chose this episode purely because it's one that I am quite fond of there is a few others that I'd like to come um, pick on down the line. I know um, mm-hmm. Heart of Ice is absolutely going to be one and I'd also like to touch on Batman Beyond because I yeah. think that you know was the perfect sequel for Batman but um, mm-hmm. essentially Batman the animated series alongside Spider-Man animated series was where it all kickstarted for me for my love of comics, uh, superheroes, all that sort of stuff as well as other brands that we will touch on down the line but these mm-hmm. two were quite big um, game changers. Um, I had all the Batman memorabilia. Um, I've still got, I think, in my loft. I've got a um, quite large teddy that's about 10 inches of the uh, 90s animated Batman. Um, as you can see behind I've got the Blu-ray set. As soon as I found out that was coming out, I was like, "Gotta own that!" Um, and the um, transform- transformation of the like non-Blu-ray to Blu-ray format is insane. Like, it, it, there is a huge difference. It's worth just looking on youtube if you're not willing to invest um but i would invest to be honest because it just it looks even more perfect and it's that's like it's almost timeless because of it um but yeah this this series was really you know it was was gritty it was dark and i was into that sort of stuff you know from young age um you know i was into them sort of movies i watched things that were a bit older for me and i loved just that There was there was a lot of adult tones, and obviously you don't pick that up as a kid. But as watching it again as a teen and an adult, you pick up on other things. And I'm like, oh man, that's that's really dark. Like this episode was quite tame. Like okay, yeah, it was times I almost killed Batman, but that's like a flavor of the week. But um, there are some episodes, like I said, the aforementioned Heart of Ice, that's just insane. Like watching that as an adult, it's just completely different thing. But uh, yeah, this this started a lot for me, especially with Batman. Um, unfortunately, obviously, then like the first film I got to watch in cinema, like of age and to understand it was Batman and Robin, so not a great <laughs> contrast. Um, a quite and then obviously you had the Dark Knight. Yeah, I mean at the time I loved it, and like I'm not gonna lie, as an adult I love it even more because of Arnie's puns. Like it's yeah. it's god awful, but I love it. Like and like chill everyone, chill, <laughs> and I'm like I am here for this stupid movie for stupid times. Whereas this. Like when I first bought a box set, I, ju- I just smashed through the entire box set over a couple of weeks. You know, you just switch off, enjoy what your childhood gave you. And I think if people haven't watched this, if you are, even if you're a casual Batman fan, this is something you should watch just to understand. If you don't want to get into the comics or you think there's too many comics to find, um, you're not sure what cartoons or, or films to watch, to, to jumpstart, this is the perfect gateway into it. Yeah. it. It has enough for hardcore fans. It has enough to, you know, bring fans into it slowly and yeah. And then you've got, you know, follow up seasons, you've got the new animated series. You've got the justice league and the justice league Unlimited limited series, which has the same voice actor of Kevin Conroy and um, Mark Hamill comes back as Joker um, and then you've got, as I said, Batman Beyond, which again, is something we will touch on down the line because that is the perfect, like, follow-up series for anything, Definitely. really. Definitely. Um. Yeah, so Um. how about you? I mean, obviously, this, this was my pick, and this meant a lot to me, but, you know, you said you watched it when you were younger. Obviously, did it have much of an impact, or what was your first big Batman experience?
0: Well, like, for me, that would be... this. This version of Batman is... The one that sticks in my head the most, you know, like I, yeah. I I I'm a little bit younger than you, so I wasn't sort of in the 90s era sort of as much. I was more more so the early 2000s. So this representation yeah. of Batman was the one that was the most prevalent at the time, and I think it you know it it's the most iconic for me at least. I wouldn't say it's the most one I I, I resonate the most with, but in terms of when I think of Batman visually, that is what I think of. Yes. And it is yes. you know you said with Mark Hamill's Joker, I think there's so many there have been so many competitive versions of the joker that you know we, we have we've had joaquin phoenix's fantastic performance which was very, extremely gritty and far more you know down to earth more, more realistic take Branded, yeah. very very well rounded and we also have had heath ledger's utterly captivating performance which you know as it was extremely popular with and you know deserved all the accolades that it, it, it got him yeah but i think in terms of the character of the joker rather than a specific sort of iteration of the joker when i think of the joker i think of mark hamill's joker the the the, the, yeah, term, the delivery just all of it the way the, the character design far more cartoonish but i feel like that you know it, it literally is a cartoon but in terms of very exaggerated you know very tall and very big shoulders and the, the purple purple jacket and his 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 face and everything is far more animated than than Others, but it doesn't have the sort of, I guess, camp of say Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker. It's much more. He's still dangerous, but he is this animated evil, so to speak, rather than a sort of, well, I guess, a joke really. He is. He is still a villain, and I think for me, that sort of these iconic versions. For me personally, those are the iconic versions of these characters, and they're they're the ones that I sort of base any other. Mm You know versions of these characters upon, effectively. This is the sort of foundation, when I think of Batman, that I'd work upon.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think the one a lot of fans on you know forums and uh, pages that I follow, and, and I follow the same suit, is when you're reading a comic of Batman, mm-hmm. to instantly do you use as the voice when you're reading Batman, when you're yeah. reading Joker. And it's always Kevin Conner and Mark Hamill. I must say though, and, and we may touch on um, the film that they're starring, so I, I won't give anything away, but um, John DiMaggio of oh, yeah. uh, Gears of War, Futurama, mm-hmm. um, Adventure Time fame. He plays a Joker in a particular Batman film, and it oh, really? is definitely a very close second to Mark Hamill. Um, yeah, massive, massive, massive um, props to John DiMaggio. Um, rate it a lot and even bruce greenwood um who has gone to play batman for quite a while Mm -hmm. um i think he is from ncis and oh he's the main guy in that yeah oh (laughs) really yeah that's the one wow yeah um, i I didn't i didn't know that i mean i was a huge ncis fan back in the day Used to watch tons of yeah exactly when when i when i googled it i was like wait what i was like damn he really pulls it up and i can also see it Maybe it's a, an older live action, but it definitely yeah. works. But um, yeah, he's he's portrayed Batman in quite a few things from um, like Young Justice, uh, and then also a few of the DC animated films. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, yeah, just uh, it's it's hard to dethrone the original two, but mm-hmm. there are some very big contenders down the line. Um, yeah. So what else have we got? Okay. So um. Brief overview, so rate the episode, one bin, poor ten bin, it was a masterpiece. Honestly, I wouldn't say it's a
0: masterpiece because I think it's, it's, it's a very strong episode, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, set out standards that high straight away. You know, I think we've got
1: yeah. we to give
0: ourselves some rigor. So I'd say it's a strong eight. I'd say it's a strong eight, particularly raising it up is the twist. If it didn't have the twist it wouldn't be as high in my opinion because it's the way that the twist is delivered and how unexpected it is i mean we've we've probably ruined that for a lot of viewers now but uh aside from that how unexpected the twist is and the way it's delivered it sort of you know bumps it up i think so what would you yeah agreed and also
1: i know you i I would agree i'd probably give it an eight and surely I'd, i'd give it more if there was more batman but also i'm very understanding that Batman is good in this, like he literally has what three lines, yeah. So, again, if you were a new person to Batman, wouldn't use this as a starting off point because you wouldn't get much Batman as a, as a diehard fan, as someone who loves it, understands it, knew what was coming, yeah, 100% love it. Um, so give it an eight, um, yeah. I, I think even with the twist, even if you do know, because obviously, I, I watched it knowing what was happening. I enjoyed it more because I was looking at how Killer Croc was being, I was looking at how his acting and I was like, damn, that's really good. Like, it really is. There is no illusion or, you know, uh, alluding to the twist until they literally just throw it on you. Like it, yeah. it's, it's, perfectly well done. And, and there's a, there's a fine line between randomly pulling a twist out of thin air and dropping little seeds throughout. Yeah. But this one was one of the twists where it works so well for not having any seeds because it would have less impact. So yeah, um eight out of ten probably for me for sure. Um yeah, I mean most most episodes are seven, eight, and above. Um, yeah. but we will eventually one day get to the you know, the tens out of tens. Um <laughs> best hero moment for you in this episode? Uh <laughs>
0: This is, is gonna sound terrible, but the, <laughs> the bit where like he he just sort of leans over and pulls the lever uh, at the bend with Harley. <laughs> he doesn't say a thing, and she's she's hyping it. She's like, "You have got to choose between one of us. There's not enough time." And he just kind of looks at it and then like looks over and then just opens this this box and pulls the lever, and then he just he just looks at her and she's like, "Oh shucks." And uh, I think do, do you know uh, what that is? That's a
1: i'm batman get out claws. like you know how
0: everyone's excuses he's batman that was literally i'm batman literally yeah yeah i i just thought it was it was so fantastic that it, it you know it, how i just it was just super cool you know i don't i know it's kind of silly you think it's like almost like a you know, deus ex machina it was a cop out but i feel yeah. like it, it really showed it contributed to like harley's character because she's like oh he, he totally immediately saw through my very hastily constructed poor plan and uh And then i i I swear that there's there's one once it cuts the camera away to sort of outside before you know we see everyone getting arrested and cat cat Catwoman and batman are on the roof yeah i swear there's a punch sound effect (laughs) i swear i didn't hear that i'd have to go back i swear that there is because i i i it just because harley quinn says you know oh I'm, i'm you know like she she alludes to the fact that he's gonna you know beat her up after that but uh as much as that may yeah they need to that, uh... yeah it's
1: it's not that with that whole relationship could be a whole podcast in itself so i don't want well, to touch on that
0: yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was, um, i just thought that was quite a funny little hint i could be wrong i could be wrong but i swear i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that um, i swear a i wonder th- if anyone th- else
1: th- that. yeah I want, I... um i was torn between my moment i, I mean the twist was really awesome and that is such mm-hmm. a good batman moment um but because it's a bit on the nose and a bit obvious i, I kind of like the coin escape i'm not gonna lie it was um because from what i remember reading of the comic version it's a very like unbelievable way of escaping mm-hmm. um, i don't i don't remember the details i just remember being like that's that's far-fetched whereas you saw batman again about planting Seed. you saw him swinging for harvey he could have grabbed it then um, so it wasn't like uh he just randomly managed to find the coin. There was there was a scene where it potentially was taken. Um, yeah. and then he starts Yeah, I think that was my kind of like fitting there. Boom. <laughs> um, most villainous moment for you? Uh, or stand out for a villain?
0: Well, like like I said, in with within the context of which I'm viewing it, the bit where Joker goes up to Batman and asks, How's Robin? I feel like within the context that i was associating yeah. with i feel like that resonated with me as a distinctly like cold cold comment to be making within what i understood and uh, you know i could be totally wrong I Could just be a nice little like how's robin sort of thing but uh of course i feel like the undercurrent there you know maybe i'm reading into it but yeah okay, with, with okay, that okay. undercurrent I, I feel like it, it it it's in my mind the most you know Villainous act in in the show, you know. not even trying to kill, call you know, Catwoman. It's, it's just cold, you know. Yeah.
1: Two seconds. The bloody cats came in and the door shut. we me just open for her. Come
0: on. Come on. on. Well, Pierre, right I've having some technical difficulties. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she likes to sit on this chair, so when someone is saying it, she looks at you with disgust and detest, so I I've, I've just, I've just uh, took her out. Uh, right.
0: typical Cat behaviour.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to throw a bit of a um, out there choice for my villainous moment. Mm-hmm. At the very end, and, and it's only very quick and you'll miss it, but after Batman captured Joker, Cat only goes to check on him, and... Harley literally sucker punches her with one of them like jack-in-the-box punch bags and oh, she punches sh- him in the back of the head and knocks her out and i was like jesus that's really brutal like damn okay that's my winner that is it's funny you mentioned
0: that because he what the joker says before that he said you know he said he's on the floor and then he says to, to catwoman he's like you well you failed to forget that i have another ace at my sleeve which was the exact card yeah. that he pulled from his sleeve during the poker game And so you know immediately after that, you know, Catwoman gets knocked out. with I I swear it was it was it was one of those punching gloves attached to a revolver that. That
1: that was a revolver, yeah. I know, I know. It was just on a spring. Yeah. All I remember is the glove and the spring, like bashing it straight in the back of the head. I was like, that's like Harley Quinn's a brutal sod sometimes. Yeah, no, she's
0: she's 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 cold. But I I think it was also you mentioned as well that uh, the voice actor for, voice actress, sorry for um harley quinn sort of she has that yes. established sort of boston drawl which is so it's so sort of iconic and mm. i i think in listening to you know we think about suicide squad i haven't seen the latest uh rendition but the original it's pretty good and, and you need to get around to watching but the original pretty pretty terrible version still has yeah. harley quinn in it and it's so clearly obvious how heavily um Oh, what's her name? Uh, voice... Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Sorry, I've forgotten. It's so painfully obvious—not well, painfully, but it's extremely obvious how how hard she's going for that original Harley yeah. voice style. It's it's you know having not watched you know for many many years the animated series, and then hearing her speak with the context of more recently you know seeing Harvey yeah. Quinn. Yeah. You know the margot robbie version it you know i just like i it just it sounded almost like it makes sense it absolutely
1: makes sense um yeah, no, of course. i i like margot robbie as harley quinn and i i just think how she's handled is where it kind of goes a bit wrong like in suicide squad like obviously there was a whole thing about how they glamorized Joker basically being an abusive prick to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, I wish I had a relationship like them too. And I'm like, you are completely missing the <laughs> point in that. Like, it's been touched on comics many, many times. He's not good for her. And then they tried to change that with obviously Birds of Prey, which was, you know, again, mediocre, um, but, you know, good uh, Harley interpretation. Um, but she's, around suicide squad without spoilers just enough for me to go yeah she's still pretty good as harley quinn
0: i enjoy her yeah because i feel like with the first one and maybe with Birds of prey having her as probably the central character you know she she's not the central character in the Suicide squad, but she's one of the major ones and especially overall mm. marketing i feel like maybe we're at a point where she's a little bit over we're oversaturated with harley quinn now you know like i feel like Taking... yeah i think they need to take
1: a break yeah. um, i mean i know the she's Margot robbie's in whether she's going to continue and mm. um, i could see them doing a, a harley and ivy movie obviously the harley quinn series is is quite well acclaimed and yep. that's essentially harley and ivy so i reckon they'll probably eventually do that um it would just be casting a poison ivy uh to match margot robbie's kind of personality as such yeah. um which i think would be quite hard i don't know who would cast as poison ivy anymore do you have any ideas well i suppose when i think of
0: i was thinking sort of karen gillen you know i don't know if she's a sort of
1: From daredevil
0: uh no she's she's oh she's, no she's, nebula nebula yeah so oh yeah nebula she's
1: she is, she is a okay uh, red-headed, that could work
0: red headed scottish but also the way she plays nebula is very sort of you know inhuman and, and i feel like if they if they sort of contrast you know sort of poison ivy being a bit more you know less human i guess contrasted with
1: mm-hmm. i guess
0: harley's more sort of craziness then I think you get like a pretty yeah. interesting dichotomy there. But of course that may not necessarily fit the character, but mm. personally I think that would be relatively cool to see.
1: That's a really good show actually. I I was trying to think of someone myself. Um I I don't really know. Um obviously I know she's a bit older, but I was recently watching the good show uh, the morning show and I could see Reese with a spoon really far left kind of choice but she has almost that not dumb but almost that innocent sexiness to her and but she can be very strong and independent and very you know stands for her belief and i know that's just a character but i think that's how poison ivy is conveyed and yeah reese, i'm going to say reese witherspoon i think
0: i think that's an like you said very far left I, I wouldn't sort of you know very far out of the suggestion I wouldn't think of Reese Witherspoon as, as that sort of character but I could see it Isn't I just he...
1: think they need to they need to try far less stuff I mean Ben Affleck for example was never a contender for Batman in a lot of people's eyes he uh, is phenomenal I'm did, did you a fan a, I personally I, I the writing for him was shocking yes in, in you know yeah, Batman vs yeah. Superman and Justice League but him as batman like i will watch that um warehouse scene day in day out and i will also watch the um armored batman v superman scene and you know when you know he's like um you're not brave men are brave i'm like you have got this down to be fair he's not he's not my absolute favorite that that is michael keaton but he's, he's definitely my second favorite i think i think all
0: right this may be slightly controversial but i i feel like he comes off way better as Batman and Batman versus Superman because Henry Cavill's oh, yeah. early, pretty pretty bland, honestly. I I I yeah like, physically and and appearance wise, I think he's a you know fantastic Superman. You know the guy clearly's built for it, but sort of.
1: Oh yeah, Henry Cavill's awesome. Just like, I would put it down to writing and studio interference, I'm, I'm going to have to say. I'm one yeah. of them people that will back it. I'm not one of these, you know, Snyder bots who's <laughs> in the universe and going on internet forums. I, I, I like Batman vs Superman. For certain scenes, I haven't watched it in its entirety since uh, I watched the director's cut. I will watch more scenes from it because I enjoy that, but it's, it's a lot to take in and, and I, I struggle with it. And um, I've watched. Some of the Zack Snyder's Justice League, and again, there's a lot going for it. There's a lot still to be improved, but you know, we've all kind of seen the studio interferences and what happens there. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see what he could do free reign. Um, have all the Superman. He's he's a great actor. I won't deny that, but I'm not a huge Superman fan, so I don't really buy into it either way. Mm -hmm. Um, I could take it or leave it, really. Um, I'm more of a t- team Batman, and yeah, Ben Affleck is great, Monica Keaton is great, and I'm very excited to see them both back in The Flash in 2022.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I mean, oh God, I, I, I was actually just today watching it, sort of a deconstruction of uh, of how, how terrible the um The Flash TV series has become recently
1: um oh, yeah i don't <laughs> want to touch on that yeah i think that i think those two seasons it's... were insatiable and then it just all started going down the toilet
0: i think maybe that's a topic for another video but um
1: <laughs> another podcast all i will say is did you see that they were using flash in the latest episode I, did, yes. I don't watch it lightning bolt yeah, yeah i just saw someone yeah lightning bolt lightsabers i was like <laughs> that no no and they, i'm not gonna lie wally west and Bart Allen are two of my favourite beasters, two of my favourite characters, and um, mm-hmm. suits and the whole just kind of arc. Well, with more with Wally because I watched with Wally in it. That arc was shocking, and the costume Bart is in just looks terrible. So yeah, I <laughs> I, I, I did that after season three.
0: No, well I I, I think. Uh yeah i think that's definitely a smart decision to be honest because i haven't watched you know any of the latest seasons i've watched a few episodes of when it's you know first started coming out and i've seen a few episodes of arrow as well across the time but um my god
1: i'll so. give you i'll give you season one is extremely good very yeah. well written there's a good there's some good you know character arcs it's, it's it's paced quite well there's a good twist in it season one's worth a watch but then you have to carry on and that's that's where i struggle
0: I suppose it's also difficult for people, you know, if they're coming into the show, to sort of invest in something if they know it's just going to go down the toilet, you know. <laughs> and I think it's, yeah, also, exactly. it's, also, it's also rough when people have these, you know, iconic uh, versions of these characters in their mind. Like if I think of the sort of, you know, the Justice League Flash, he was awesome, you know. he mm-hmm. He was effective right. and awesome. And I feel like in the show, maybe he comes off a bit more, I don't know. A, a, a bit a bit goofy useless yeah Yeah. useless
1: yeah like they've, they've turned from what i've heard and read and you know spoke to the people about it's gone from flash is you know the flash is fast man live you know he needs people to encourage him to you know you need you need all these people around you otherwise you can't be villains yeah. and yeah uh, no that's it's, it's not called the flash team show it's called the flash but mm-hmm. yeah I, I haven't watched it so i wouldn't to comment too much but i've just heard it's gone pretty downhill so i'm kind of out of that i'll uh, i'll just wait for the flash movie next year and hope that brings me something
0: well speaking of i think if we get back more to the batman side of things what what is um yes I guess your opinion on the you know the Batman movie coming out you know we've seen it been filming in Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. Robert Pattinson. With Robert, what is, there, what, what, is there, what is your what is your opinion of, of, of the casting of Robert? Patterson?
1: I'm 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 all for it. I don't. The Twilight thing is ten years old, and you know, I was I remember when the casting came out for Heath Ledger as the Joker, and the internet were like, he's going to be shit. He's you know he's broke Batman mountain. He's in Night's tale. He's not going to be good enough to be the Joker. And I actually remember being like. On the message board has been like give him a chance i reckon he could be really good and there you go he was one of the you know he is one of the most recognizable jokers we've got of this decade of probably for the for many many years to come And um, same with ben affleck a lot of people were like oh ben affleck daredevil he was crap in that he won't be very good in batman versus superman again i was like just give him a chance i reckon he could be good so i'm doing the same with robert patterson and i'm hoping i won't be disappointed um, I think it looks good, to be honest. I've seen, i watched the Lighthouse and I thought he was fantastic in that. So, yeah, he was know, phenomenal. actors can change. Phenomenal. Yeah, actors can move, bring it around. And I, I'm very excited. I remember when the trailer came out, I think I watched it about six times and was just like, <laughs> oh my God, this looks so good. Um, I also am very excited for Colin Farrell as Penguin, which I know is apparently only going to be a very small role, but perfect casting choice. And in the trailer, he looks unrecognizable.
0: Yeah, no, that is true. Um, I think one of the things I've this is a really small nitpick, but I I, I just got to say it because it's it's been on my mind for a while since I think thinking about this uh, the new Batman movie is one of the shots they have of um of like it in production in Glasgow is is it's it's, it's you know Batman all suited up on his on his bat bike, but he doesn't have a yeah. cape. And
1: for, I think that's just production.
0: There is it? production. It's produ- production, but I just. Seeing him without. a cape, Oh look, crap! If he didn't have the cape. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know if they. I mean, I know. No, him, it's you know, definitely. He's definitely has, has it from the trailer, but um, I
1: just. Yeah, he will have it, um, because yeah. there's shoots going on for Flash at the moment, and Affleck's Batman is on a bat pod, a bat pod, or bat bike, whatever, and he's not got a cape either. So it's probably for health and safety, because yeah. let's be honest, in real life, the wheel would catch the cape and pull you back and suffocate you, or your head would get caved into a tire. So, you know.
0: I mean, I just always, I just yeah, always very, think of uh, from the Dark Knight, you know, the bit where he's driving a joke. That has to be real yeah. like cape. You know, that has to be the way it, it flares behind him.
1: You reckon? We'll have to have a look, actually, the production behind it. Just, it. I
0: don't, you're pro- probably you're right. It's, it must be a nightmare to try and film just a random piece of cloth going over. And you, like you said, the health and safety of it getting caught and stuff. But it just, just, just something yeah. about that resonated with me. Just him without a cape was just it stuck on my mind. But um, I, I personally think the robin patterson could do a fantastic batman i think as he is a death grips fan he has the heart to it you know he, he he'll he he'll convey the darkness through that i think and and i i i'm interested to maybe sort of enter a different era of batman again you know we've had the sort of ben affleck and the you know, uh the Zack snyder justice league batman and that's been you wow know, you're gonna get a
1: mixture next year that's the thing i mean yeah. next year we've got the Patterson Batman coming out and then the Flash movie coming out. So you've got a bit of a sprinkle for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I'm extremely excited to see Michael Keaton return, I've been waiting for that for years and I'm kind of hoping in my, you know, dreams that probably won't come true, that it will set up a Batman Beyond film, I'd love to see that. I think that's been a long time coming and um, with Michael Keaton as an older Bruce Wayne would just be perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's interesting that they're also bringing back sort of older iterations of the characters because I, I I know I've sort of heard the rumors for the newest uh, Spider-Man film. They're also sort of bringing back the Andrew Garfield and uh, and also the one oh, and only yeah. yeah. Tobey Maguire from the the, the, yeah. the very classic Sam Raimi. Uh, I Spider-Man want films. to believe.
1: It. I do want to believe it, and I'm hoping. And what adds fuel to that fire recently is. Kevin Feige has apparently said, and I don't know if it's true or it's just the rumor mill, but Kevin Feige said there is not going to be a trailer. It's going to be a you'll just go and watch it to enjoy it, which makes me think you're hiding something huge if you're not releasing a trailer. Because they even released trailers for Endgame and Infinity War, and they didn't give much away then. But if you're if you're that dedicated to hiding plot details in a film, something big's going on, um. I know there's been some toy releases and spoilers, but it doesn't give much away. So I don't know how much they're going to be able to hide. And um, but yeah, I I really hope they do bring back Maguire and Garfield. It'd be beautiful.
0: I I think it'd be just it would be just just a mess. I think, but it'd be really fun. A mess. Well, I I just think you you can't. I, I they, they all have such.
1: There is a lot going on.
0: Yeah, there's they all have different tones. there, spider Spider and I think i think what happened i guess the sort of inspiration was was uh into the um spider-verse i guess that sort of laid the foundation for this sort of um you know crossover style stuff which worked really really well in an animated format but i don't know how that will translate over to more live action sort of stuff
1: i think it would work perfectly in a live action if it's done with the same dedication and time well, that was in production for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and who knows, maybe this new Spider-Man has been... Um, I also have heard rumours that William is coming back as Green Goblin. Oh. And you've also got, um, you know, you've got, is it Alfred morena Mo- I can't remember. But you've got the original Spider-Man 2 Up coming back. You've got Jamie Foxx Electro. Oh, and, yeah. and we don't even know if there's actually another new villain coming into it or they're just going to go for older school stuff so it's either going to be really good and give us all the fan service we want or it's going to be absolute dog crap and it could have it could ruin everything but i don't feel like it's come there i'm in hopeful
0: i mean i demand to see paul giamati's rhino you know we were hinted at that at the end of
1: uh mm. I, I wanted
0: to see more no, giant probably. giant mecha rhino that's that's what I, that's on my wish list um, but uh
1: Mm, no, I mean, I was I was on Reddit a few days ago actually, and um I was doing like fan castings, like looking at that. Um, oh yeah. And if they bring Willem Dafoe back as Green Goblin, I'm very happy. But I will tell you now, my 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 dream cast for Norman Osborn Green and Goblin is Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, really? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is he there has elaborate on that. That's. I mean the businessman's side is very obvious, you know, Walter White, the yeah, dark, okay. evil businessman. But they show glimmers of it in um in Breaking Bad. But if you go back and watch Malcolm in the Middle or you watch um, you know, even Drive and Argo, there's there's, there's hints of lunacy in his voice and like the episode in Breaking Bad, um uh Space, when he does that laugh at the end and he just loses the plot. I'm like, You are Green Goblin, you could do that. No no doubt at all for me
0: wow I, I i i hadn't ever really, con- really considered brown cancer for that kind of kind of role but i i know especially you you're mentioning about that that laugh from breaking bad you i i could you know that that's more far more convincing for me now you know attaching the two yeah. together yeah, yeah
1: exactly right so we've kind of trailed off which is absolutely <laughs> fine you know um, it's spider-man batman it's all the same yeah. um uh, the i was going to do a little segment called the silver screen versus out the pages so looking at uh, any alternative version of the media so be that a comic book a movie a manga or a comic adaption so in this case um, we are watching the animated series and this episode actually was slightly loosely based on um it was a batman issue 293 three mm-hmm. and it's called uh, where were you the night batman was killed um and the the whole concept is slightly different but also there's some similarities so batman has gone missing and presumed dead by all of his rogues um and basically they um have villains give their testimonies um to say if they did or didn't kill batman mm-hmm. um yeah. I obviously won't go into too much because, you know, we've spoiled this episode. and <laughs> um, I won't spoil the um the comic. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a four part series, so it goes over sorry, issue two ninety one to two ninety four. Um uh, yeah, and you can find it in quite a few um of the recommended readings, so like um the paper, the trade paperbacks, graphic novels, and um, omnibuses, mm-hmm. you can you can find it within there. But yeah, um I haven't read it myself. I just knew it was loosely based on something. Um, so I probably will give that a read just to see if they picked up any significant scenes from it. And then next on our list, before we wrap this up was mm-hmm. rate my hero and villains. And yeah, I thought we could kind of rate our hero and one villain, or the villains, however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, each week, and we'll kind of make a leaderboard, and then eventually they can start doing a little tournament against each other. And um, so, obviously, heroes we've got Batman. So four categories. We've got heroism. So we'll do out of do out of five. So heroism.
0: Well, well uh... I mean, is, is is punching women villains very very, very heroic? Is that like our? Are we basing it off the like very you know Homeric sort of heroic ideal, or
1: however you want to base it's your opinion. I I
0: would I would say for heroism because he's not is he he's only really saves himself and Catwoman. He doesn't save others pretty much. I mean aside from capturing villains that would harm others, he Mm. most of the there are attempts on his life and he's just surviving them basically. So I would I would say I would say three. Because he does say
1: cat Okay. Yeah, I would probably say the same. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna put him with three point five because I think that twist was very smart, very heroic, and and I think it if he hadn't have done that, he wouldn't have saved anyone.
0: Yeah.
1: So overall he has a six point five. Um badassery how theory. cool was he in this episode did he do anything that you thought down was hardcore
0: i would say four i'm not going to give him the full five because you yeah, know got a temporary expectation yeah okay but i'd say four for yeah. the awesome um twist obviously the way he. Uh,
1: yeah agreed i'm um, exactly the same score mm. um memorability of him in this episode uh does it stand out um he, you know just in general really Would I say it's sort
0: of, I guess, character defining? I wouldn't say so much that. I'd I'd say probably four. I'd say four for memorability in terms of this is him. It shows Batman against all of his rogues gallery. It shows him absolutely trumping all of them. And it shows him and his relationship with Catwoman. I think it just encapsulates almost everything that you'd want to address with Batman almost. Of course, you know, there is some mention of Robin. There's no Albert and there's, you know, there's no sort of, you know, his alter you know, ego or anything like that. there's none of the more complex side of things, but I think Batman as a superhero it, it sort of covers all of the you know
1: all the talking points I guess okay I gave him three point five um I think whilst there was very little of him. It worked well, like you said, he was against all of his rogues and mm-hmm. um, but I think there's more memorable Batman within another episode, so yeah three and a mm-hmm. half for me. Um, And then Victor Victorious. So, how well did he win the die?
0: I think it was a pretty clean sweep for Batman. Saved Catwoman and yeah. I'd I'd probably have to say that that's like a five, right? Like he 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 yeah he just agreed. dominated all of them. So I I think that's that's as as well as any sort of hero could do, really. Yep
1: so i'm just gonna add up the scores and we will see what batman has for the first weeks so i think
0: he's scored quite highly
1: he has so mm, it's terrible right now <laughs>
0: The arithmetic's putting he you on the has spot.
1: <laughs> scored yep 31 31 yep 31 out of 40. That's pretty strong Bad. performance for Batman. Oh my god, so uh, we'll, we'll start a um, leaderboard as of next week. Um, villains, how do you want to do this? Because obviously there's multiple villains in this. Do you want to put them all under? Or let's be honest, it was essentially a Joker subplot at the end of the day. It ran into the Joker. Yeah. So do you want to do Joker?
0: I feel like, yeah, we should, we should definitely, you know...
1: This okay, fit, so um, menacing/slash dastardly.
0: I would like, I said, I've said, mentioned this like twice so far. That comment about Robin really, 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 really cold. So, I think he scores a good, good, good four on that.
1: Okay, I, I'm i gonna say a three, it's middle of the row. Um, the electric trailer's pretty brutal, yeah. Um, and the laughing gas. But again, I think joke, that's, that's time Joker for what we can see. Mm-hmm. Um, next one is, so that kind of mo- is similar to menacing slash um, dastardly. I think with menacing and dastardly, it's more of a, the evil plot. Whereas with the next segment is just darkness to it. Mm. So. For you, I'm assuming it will be quite high because, you know, Dark, he makes a dead, potentially a dead Robin joke.
0: Yeah, I'd, 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 I should have really put that four in the darkness section then. I would, I definitely uh, put it there. And I think I'd probably go with the, with the, with the three. Andrew, four. if you want. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go, I'd put the Okay, four so four for four. Dark, three for
1: menacing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Dark. I, I didn't read it as the, the dead Robin joke. I did clock that and I kind of alluded to it, but I didn't run with that as his intention. Mm-hmm. So again, it wasn't an overly dark one. It was more humorous joker than not. So I'm going to give it a two and a half, which okay, quite, quite, absolutely
0: quite low. fine. I think that's, that's I um, feel like maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm sort of overspending these points, you know, giving, giving it a no, too generous.
1: <laughs> um, and so the next one is brutality. So as in actual acts of violence or, you know, mm-hmm. mental warfare, how, how how does the Joker stand up?
0: I, I, I just I think Joker's brutality is, is is much more calculated. I think in this episode he is just sort of playing around with Batman rather than, you know, an aggressive yeah you know, trying to break it down sort of style of Joker, more just sort of going through the motions, kind of evil plot for Black Man to foil kind of Joker. Still a good one. It's just a bad, isn't it really? Yeah, that's definitely what it is. It's, it's less like, you know, an intense drive for revenge, more just sort of, yeah. it's business as usual. So I'd, 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 say, I'd say one and a half for, for Brutality. Okay. Because okay. the, the electric charge yeah is you... pretty brutal, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I put two. Um I know it wasn't him, but he he clearly gave Harley the orders to kidnap Catwoman and grind her up. That's not a Harley <laughs> thing, that's a joke <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, true. So yeah, okay. And then last one is success rate. So how close were they to winning?
0: Um say that
1: again. Uh, so success rate right? how close were they to you know been victorious did they actually nearly win the die were they anywhere near it was oh, it you well,
0: know well as we discussed it's a complete full suite for for joker so yeah i, I think well okay. no no that, that's me getting it wrong it's a complete sweep for, for batman but i think joker out yeah. of all of them stood the closest chance of, of winning i mean he had yeah. he had uh batman and probably the most you know, convincingly defeated position out of all of them, rather than just a little bit tied up or a little bit knocked out. He had him fully trussed up yeah. on an electric chair, and he had the Catwoman. Catwoman and he only well. got through because of Catwoman. Yeah, yeah and yeah, he only yeah. and Batman only bagged
1: Catwoman, so exactly. I what are you thinking?
0: I uh, I'd I'd say well compared to the others, you'd rank, rank pretty well. So I'd say, I'd say three. Is that he he got okay close, yeah i uh, put three and a half because it wasn't just him capturing batman he also then had you know the backup of 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 having you know catwoman captured as well and potentially yeah, up into exactly. Cathy, so yeah
1: well that really is dark when you think about it, hey, um, it so joker only scored 19 out of 40 which for the joker is pretty low but i um I'm sure there's various various jokers we can bring in down the line who will most likely top that. I know for a fact the Dark Knight Joker would probably be in the high 30s, if not a lot more. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think we're kind of coming to the end. I think I'd just like to end it with a bit of trivia about the episode really and um, you know some people may know about it some may not and um, it might even surprise you unless you've done the research on it oh, so um we'll see what, I, what, what you I did understand? a bit okay so i'll just pick out some of the ones that interest me <laughs> so um when 2 Face recounts how he tried to get rid of batman um poison asks ivy asks what becomes of the um giant penny <laughs> and he says they actually let him keep it and um, this penny actually is seen in the Bat Cave and um, in Batman Beyond as well, so it uh, does continue to stay in there, which is a quite nice little uh, Easter egg. Or oh, is this a continuity
0: um, of the coin then? That's interesting.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That, so this this kind of almost sets the origin, but yeah, you you do see it quite a few times. I remember it quite well. Um, We've already touched on it about the um, how clever the writers were by doing the uh, cards at the beginning mm. with Two Face having you know two two cards. Um, he also has half and half cream in his coffee. Um, mm. His story is the second anthology, um, and then the Joker makes a snide uh, remark saying that he always sees double and always comes in second. Wow! Um, was deep. What else? Is, uh, yeah, it does um let's have a look there's not too much on this one um so what else was there? um we we mentioned that Um. yeah it's not really a lot it's it's essentially about the things we've kind of already touched on mm-hmm. um yeah we touched on you know um hobgoblin
0: well that brings us to the end of this first episode of the nerd impact podcast thank you for tuning in And join us next week for a discussion of Genndy Tartakovsky's fantastic 2003 Clone Wars miniseries.